Veronica Mars Fan Podcast, episode number nine. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Veronica Mars Fan Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. We're here once again to cover another episode of the first season of this Now I Can Call Wonderful Show. (laughs) I've been enjoying this run of episodes. We're talking about Season 1, Episode 9, Drinking the Kool-Aid. So, Stephanie. Hmm. How would you rate this episode? And I know that you, you like some more than others, and it seems that both you and Megan, our daughter, are very eager for us to get right into episode number 10. Episode 10 is good. Episode yeah. 10 is good. Um, and I think this one probably gets kind of stuck in between the greatness of 8 and the greatness of 10. And it's just... Really? So No, I like this episode. Okay, good. So, you know, I would actually say there's the greatness of eight, mm-hmm. and I would say the greatness of nine, and, and for, I have not yet seen episode ten, and I'm sure that it's going to be wonderful based on uh, the fact that you guys would love for me to stay up until three in the morning <laughs> watching that with you. And No, I can't even stay up that late. We might be able to watch it, like, this weekend, but... So, but the thing is, though, is this was episode number nine, Drinking the Kool-Aid, and I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. Now, it really did not move the season-long plot. No, it didn't. Who killed Lily Kane? What's that whole scenario? Well, they kind of took a stop off at Who's My Daddy? Yeah. Well, it, it, they did, but it, I mean, it, it. I mean, we learned nothing more Mm-mm. about that than we already knew in episode eight. So episode number eight, we already had the suspicion that potentially that Keith Mars is not her dad, mm-hmm. and that potentially uh, Mr. Kane, what's his name, Jake Kane, Jake. Mm-hmm. Uh, might be her dad. Which, I don't think that I mentioned this in the previous episode, but it, I do recall going all the way back, and with as much animosity that Mr. Kane has towards Keith Mars, when there was the incident where Veronica was with him when she when he broke down and dad came you know when he broke down and dad had to come he was very to the po- doctor yes okay he was very polite well there was that and there was the car situation right where the car had mm-hmm. issues. he's always very cordial you even said those words yeah and but i didn't i didn't bring that back up last week right when there was this question it's like hmm he has always shown some kind of weird awkward kindness but here's the situation Okay, so this whole episode, when it comes to that question, is the awkwardness that she feels every time she looks at Duncan. Now, wait a second. <laughs> Jake Kane is um, is is uh, Duncan's dad. Right. Okay, we yeah. get this. Now, they were dating. And, and-, we, and we know, we know that uh, Duncan's mom knew all about this relationship. But do we know if Duncan's dad knew about this relationship? Hold on. G- give me just a moment here because I know you know the answer to this and probably it's already been seen for me. Uh, and in fact, never mind it has because 
they took pictures of them going to prom. Right. So Okay, I'm glad. I was like, wait a minute. Hold on. Surely you've been paying that close attention. I, well, I, I am. And it just came to me yeah. as I was thinking, is there a time when we've seen... Because I was thinking maybe Jake was on this big, long business trip while they're having <laughs> this relationship. And then all of a sudden, he comes home from the trip. And then all of a sudden, that would explain why all of a sudden, Duncan is no longer dating his sister. Right. You know? I mean, so that's... <laughs> so here's the situation. Unless, unless Jake Kane knows for sure... Or even has, even if Jake Kane has any suspicion that Veronica might be his daughter, there's no way he'd let his son date his daughter. Right. So, either Jake, if Jake Kane is Veronica's dad, which I don't believe in a million years he is, um, then there. But if he had any suspicion, he would not. He would have not let that happen. So I'm going on the record right now. For saying that there is no way that Jake Kane is Veronica's father, unless he has absolutely no idea that that's the case. But they're leading us, and this is the whole misdirection deal. I am absolutely convinced that they're leading us to to they're they're trying to draw us along as puppets <laughs> down the path of thinking that Jake Kane is going. It's going to be revealed that he is her daddy. And I don't believe it for a second. And the fact that they made such a huge deal getting the blood test and all of that stuff, no. no she, she shred it. And she shred it because, well, they're wanting us to even continue to want to know. Inquiring minds want to know. And I'm saying I'm not falling for it, Rob. Is it Rob Thomas? Yep. <laughs> See, I already know the writer's name of the show, the name of the writer. Yeah. I don't know if he wrote this episode, but he's the creator of Veronica Mars. Well, Rob, I'm sure he Rob had some kind of oversight on whether or not the writers were allowed to write the storyline. I'm not falling for it. Good for you. All right. I'm just good for you for standing your ground. Exactly. Yeah. We so. may or may not find out. Okay. They may continue to play you like a puppet. No, here's the deal. It's it's a television show and you can't introduce something like that and then forever leave it out. So, oh, but I know shows who have started questions and then never answered them. Lost, maybe. <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that that's my thought on that. Oh, so, that totally just reminded me of something. I'll have to remember. I'm, I'm positive that I will remember, but it's not until season two, so I can't tell you right now. Okay. But anyway. Well, I'm going to tell you real quickly. I'm, we're going to talk about this, what really was the main case and really the substance of the whole episode. Right. Um, and, and just a moment, but I do want to just say early in the episode, a special thank you to our sponsor, TVTalk.com. Now, we are recording this on September 19th, 2013. You guys are getting this either on October 3rd or later, if you mm-hmm. happen to find us months or years later after we've recorded this. Uh, but for those of you who are actually subscribed to our show and getting episodes as they come out, you're getting this on Thursday, October 3rd. That means the TV season has already been in full swing. Revenge is back. Uh, Grey's Anatomy, for some mm-hmm. reason, is back. We have no idea why. Don't know why. Scandal. Scandal is, is back. back. Wait. Uh, person. No, wait. I don't think Scandal comes back. Yeah, October 3rd, I think is what's There you go, see? Uh, Person of Interest is going to be back. Yeah. And uh, lots of other wonderful shows. And hopefully, and I can't remember the date right now, but man, the CW is going to be bringing the Tomorrow People. Yes. Woo! 
Anyway, yeah. all of the shows. They have the were, Vampire Diaries and, and spent, they have a new spinoff of the Vampire Diaries called The Originals. All of those television shows. <laughs> Get all my vampire filled this fall. <laughs> all of those shows will have TV talk fan podcasts devoted to them that will be available the very next day. And if you haven't done so already, we encourage you to go to your Android Play, uh, Google Play Store or the iOS App Store for your iPhone, iPod, and uh, all those other things, iPads. Android. Was that what you were going to say? Yeah, no, I already covered oh. that. But anyway. I didn't hear you say that. Yeah, I did. Okay. It's done. That's fine. I so, just didn't. That's fine. I know. But I was just going to say, or if you want to, you can just go to tvtalk.com and go through the list of shows and click and play episodes of uh, those uh, TV show talk shows. That's right. The day afterwards. And I, um, I find lots of valuable insights into my favorite shows. I just talked our teenage daughter into um, downloading TV Talk so that her and her best friend can listen to the Vampire Diaries um, podcast together. Excellent. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? I know. I'm pretty cool that Anyway, way. TV Talk is a wonderful sponsor, and uh, the folks that run it are friends of ours. Uh, actually, a very good friend of mine started the company, and not to mention the fact that the people that work there, producers, everything, there's tons of friends of ours. And, and so... Go, cool. go support them. Listen to the content. I think you'll love it. All right. And if you don't, let them know. Tell them how they can improve. But I'm sure you'll love it. Thank you, TVTalk.com. <laughs> All right, Stephanie. Um, so this episode was yeah. interesting. I was so ready for like a David Koresh story or. Okay. You know, the, yeah. The, I, obviously, the, the, the title of the episode, Drinking the Kool-Aid, goes back to, is it his name Jim Jones or something I like don't that? know. I, Jonesville? Yeah, or, I know what you're talking about, but it's a little bit, I was a little bit. Yeah, you were very. I was tiny. You, were you born even yet? <laughs> I don't know. I think I was tiny. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, th- this is, a you know, the question and suspicion here in this episode when we first are introduced to uh, Casey's mom and dad is that he has run off and joined a cult. Mm-hmm. But weirdly enough, he's still showing up at school. Right. You know, and then it's like, okay. So we are led to believe that he has gone off and these people are, quote unquote, brainwashing him with all kinds of religious stuff and they're trying to get his money and, you know, that they're they're an organization. Well, because he had sold his car and gave the money to the organ to, to them. Exactly. Yeah. And so. Yeah. Now, it turns out what I understand is that prior to his experience with the what is the moon calf collective, something like that. That's yeah. What it, the yeah. moon calf collective. collective. Mm-hmm. Nice name. So. Anyway, prior to his experience with these people, this guy was a jerk. Mm-hmm. He was a bit of a, well, not not a very nice guy. And kind of treated everybody much like everybody treats Veronica from that side of the track. Right. Well. And, you know, mom and dad come in and they're like, hey, you know, we're really concerned about him. And we'll pay you a $5,000 bonus if you can get us some kind of dirt on this organization Anything that shows they're illegal, so so that we can rush in, bring them back. We can yeah. bring them down and bring our son home. Mm-hmm. Now the thing is, is her son is at school. You know, yeah. Couldn't couldn't they? I mean, obviously we can jump anywhere. Well, he we was wanted. eighteen. Ah, yeah. That, well, that's the thing. He he's eighteen already, so technically he can live wherever he wants. Yeah, is what they were saying. I think you're right. He is eighteen years old, so he can do whatever he wants. The thing, though, that I don't understand is obviously at the end, they kidnap him. Right. 
you know. Well, they, and they brainwashed him back their way. Right. So the question is, why didn't they just kidnap him one day after school and brainwash him and not have to actually even be potentially out the $5,000? Well, maybe that was just a worst case scenario. You think? Maybe they thought they could just get him to come home on. It, but it, it, I mean, like if they proved this, if they proved Mooncalf as a fraud, then he would come home on his own or. And they wouldn't be the bad guys. You think so? I don't know that. I mean, that, 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 that's that kind of how that I kind of makes sense because, you know, they, maybe they kind of think, hey, I, you know, we don't necessarily dislike the fact that he's a nicer kid. You know, he sure. You I know. think they did. <laughs> You think so? I do. I don't think so. I, they they weren't happy with the changes in him. They weren't. I think that the only thing they weren't happy with was the fact that he gave he they he was were giving them he money. was giving them money. Uh, and from what from what we learn, of course, they come in and say, "Oh my gosh, new information! Right? We just learned that you know the, the, he's going to inherit all this money." And then Casey tells Veronica they've known for a year. Exactly. So they knew the first time they came in there, which means they were already misleading yes. Keith. Um, and I just, I don't know. I felt, I feel bad for Casey. He's just trying to live a, a more peaceful life. Exactly. Not, not consumed by money. Just because he has money doesn't mean he has to be consumed by it. And it doesn't seem to me like he was even going that number one, that the moon calf collective doesn't seem like they were all that interested in taking everyone's money or even Casey's money. Right. No, it seemed that he gave it of his own free will. And it also seems as though he wasn't planning on getting rid of the two million dollars that he was actually planning on making sure that his mom and dad would be well cared for. It was 80 million what okay so 80 million sorry 8 million 80 million at that point <laughs> he was inheriting matter? 80 million from grandma okay when, yeah exactly so anyway the the situation is that you know hey what are you gonna do i mean it i guess where i'm coming from is that you know i i really enjoyed the story i i liked the the fact that um he was changed he was mm-hmm. he was there i like the story how um veronica goes instead in in spite of what her dad says she's go- i mean why does he bother i don't know i don't know why he bothers to tell her not to do things and then i don't know why he exerts so much in- energy being angry or ups- upset when she goes against those things yeah i mean for real and the, I mean, I can understand by by why being angry and upset, but the fact is, is that he allows her to participate in this business. He does, and he allows her, and he does things for her. He and she got information that he could not have gotten on his own. Yeah, I mean, it but was, it, but still, it's a very dangerous situation. It is. Potential, potentially dangerous situation. I mean, extremely dangerous. And I mean, she's even reaching her harm into the purse or whatever to to pull mm-hmm. out a taser if she has to, right? Right. So, I mean, she's really concerned. But everything seems pretty okay. Um, let's see here. We do learn about Clarence Weedman. We do in the beginning. So, there was a little bit about Clarence. And Clarence is somebody who works for Jake Kane. Head of security. He's the head of security there. And he was taking surveillance. He's the one who took those surveillance photos right so it seems to me that her life may had not been in danger but it was 
It was made to look like to her look life like that. was in danger. That could be. Yeah. Anyway, so Clarence Weedman, and I, so I forgot to put that in here. So, in th- oh, one thing she was talking about is that, listen, if Jake Kane's my dad, Jake Kane is my dad. I'm never this, taking a cold shower again. Exactly. <laughs> this could be worth millions. I kind of like that. Um, you know, obviously, this this episode is uh, set to show us that things are not so good in uh, Casa de Mars. Mm-hmm. Not only is there are they stuck in a place that they're not happy with, you know, with the they've been waiting for five months for the water heater to be fixed. Which, by the way, I just want to say this, that up until this episode... call Home Depot. It's really not that big of a deal. <laughs> well, it is if you're not responsible for it. I know. I was making a joke. Okay. I'm sorry. So, the thing is... Oh, okay. I get it now. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> anyway, we've had our water heater fixed, and it was not that big of a deal. Right. So, what was I going to say? I, I was going to say anyway. something. Oh, up until this episode, their apartment seemed like a very nice place to be. It seemed like they were very happy in this apartment. I mean, obviously they're an apartment, but still they were they seemed very happy there. Well, see, I think that I think that they're not people who are consumed by what their surroundings are. But this episode seemed to be I to mean to be about the water this, Yeah. Is this episode seriously five epi- or five months since the last episode? I don't think so. It, matter of fact, it no, it wasn't because it started the in the car. It started on the same day that the other one ended. Mm-hmm. So prior to this, there's been no mention of a hot water heater problem. There's been no problem. There's been no mention of uh, this being an uncomfortable living situation or arrangement for them. But all of a sudden, it just seems like overnight, living in their apartment has become extremely unbearable. Okay, well, I get that because we are in the process of building a new house. Yes. And and moving soon. And this as soon as we started that process, it became overnight unbearable to live here. Nice. <laughs> it's like the walls are shrinking and the place is closing in on me. And so I, I Do kind you of feel like that scene in Star Wars where yes. they're in the little trash chutes and, yes. and the walls are closing in. Yes, I do. <laughs> there's like there's not enough cabinet space to put the groceries away each week. There's not an I mean these are this is what's in my head whether it's actually true or not i don't know but it's what's in my head and so sometimes it can overnight feel like you can't live in a place right i mean but i also agree with you it does in the writing of the show come out of nowhere that all of a sudden they are all of a sudden there's the opportunity for a five thousand or five thousand dollar bonus and and let's move to another place yeah it's like oh wow let's move to another place and oh by the way you know, uh, not only are we going to now focus on the fact that after five months, see, I would be okay if the water heater just started going out. But if it'd been out five months, I wouldn't be taking five months worth of cold showers. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Now, not it, it didn't seem to me like so it was, maybe it's sporadic. It has to be. I was going to actually bring this up to you. This is see, this is extremely important information. This is why you need a podcast to go through this kind of this information. Really makes no sense. It, it, it means n- no importance to the storyline of the show. It is of absolute importance. Otherwise, they would have not had two or three different scenes showing her being shocked by the fact that it was cold water or hot water. I think they just needed to show because her in the shower to get male viewers to watch the show. Well, then they should have not had such frosted glass. I'm just saying. But anyway. <laughs> Stephanie, come on. 
What are you trying to get me to say here? Uh, anyway, so what I'm telling you is that the fact that she got in the shower, not right. prepared for it to actually be hot or cold or one way or right. the other, means that it had to be sporadic. You don't take a shower every single day and go, ah, like that. No, wait, wait. Here's what I want to Here's what I want to know is who gets in the shower and then turns on the water? Like, I turn the water on and set the temperature and then get in. Well, no, that's exact. No, <laughs> she was in the shower already. Water is okay. running. And, and then, then all it goes of a sudden cold. it right. goes cold. Or, I'll give you that. Or it goes hot. I, okay. One or the other. Something's something's wonky there. All right. But here's the deal. The, the simple scenario is they already live in a better apartment than they did in the pilot. <laughs> <laughs> really? Is it a different apartment yeah. than the pilot? Yes, it is. I didn't. I did not notice yeah. that. And um, so is that written into the story? Because that's weird. <laughs> no, it's just a pilot is a pilot. I mean, we're lucky that that the pilot came out with the same actors. Yeah, you know, that's true. Sometimes the, the actors who are in a pilot are not the actors who actually end up playing the parts in the show all the time. So. Right. Well, anyway, so you got here's the deal. You've got all of a sudden dad's excited about his ten dollar water bed and the hot water heater is fit, can't be fixed there. And and they're super, super excited about the potential of moving at the first sign of five thousand dollars. It just seemed like a little odd to be that all that in one episode. It, yeah. The, the, OK, the. The instant onset of discontentment just seemed a little unreal to me. Okay. Not that this is a fiction show or anything, but I'm just saying. Okay. All right. Just, I'll just let it be because I can. Do you want to debate the shower thing? That's what you want to do, isn't (laughs) it? No, I can care less about the Let's go back to the shower. No, I can care less about it. What I was going to debate was the, the, um, sudden onset of of discontent i yeah. I, I think that that's something that that, that that is a documented case that you've had experience with i get it we already talked about that the star wars junk thing no i was gonna say that i i think that it's been evident that they are discontent yes in their living situation i mean they would much rather prior be to this back in I I just I don't know. I thought they liked the I thought they liked their little complex and they had friends there and stuff. I don't know stuff. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, back back to <laughs> whatever. Let's, let's get back to the moon moon calf corral. Uh, so, corral. You're collective. corralling them now. <laughs> I get, well that wouldn't that what nice. you do to calves? Yeah. Yeah. Let's corral them. Anyway, um, Holly, we we meet Holly, Mrs. Mills, mm-hmm. and Miss Mills, Ms. Mills. No, it's actually Mrs. Mills. I wrote down MRS, and I wouldn't I'm, have wrote MRS if it wasn't because here's how I know it has to be Mrs. Mills <laughs> because today I had to title Family from the Heart, and it was titled <laughs> Miss Picky Piggy? Goes to Nashville. Nashville. Yeah, I know. And, uh, and you had to look it up. I had to, see, I had to look up and see if it was Mrs. Piggy. Or Miss Piggy. It's and Miss it's, Piggy. It's Miss Piggy. Yeah. And so I would have I would have actually mm-hmm. said, is it Ms. Mills or Mrs. Mills? But she's Mills? not married Wait, to you're the right. Lead. Darn it. I because know. Because she's doing huggy kissy stuff with this yes. David Koresh guy. You're welcome. What's his name? I don't remember. I don't either. <laughs> he was so forgettable. He's so laid back and easygoing. And- Their big cash crop. 
is poinsettias. Poinsettias. <laughs> I mean, come on. This. No. Okay. Wait. Wait. My favorite part. My fa- wait. Wait. Go my ahead. favorite part is that the neighbor was going to put the horse down, and we are bringing him back. Yes. Slowly, <laughs> but we're we're bringing him back. I yeah. <laughs> that that's hilarious. I mean, here's we're going to rehab the horse. Here's the deal. Veronica and her dad are are trying to get the dirt on this people. There is no dirt Dude, around. The Ravenscraft family has ten more vi- illegal violations per week than this no organization doubt. has in a year. I mean, come on. It was funny, but I do like the whole the the more peaceful way of living. I mean, it was it was nice to to have it brought up. And to have them actually go in and and find out about these and to find out that they're really just people who want to live a simpler, calmer life. A more agrarian lifestyle. You know, um, there was something refreshing about that. I mean, I'm really glad that it wasn't just another psycho babble about, you know. Well, here's what I liked is that when Veronica goes there. Her mind is made up that this is, this is a bad. cult. Mm-hmm. You know, all of a sudden, Mrs. Mills is the crazy teacher that tries to get people to to right. to you know to into the cult to introduce them, and then all of a sudden, Mrs. Ms. Mills or Holly goes in and she hugs and kisses the the leader, <laughs> and then says, she says implied polygamy check. Right. Well, mysterious because she says he belongs barn. to all of us. Yes, he belongs to all of us. That is true. <laughs> the writers threw that in there for her. They did. So then there's the mysterious barn. You know, the, mm-hmm. nobody's supposed to go in the barn, you know, and it's like, okay, what's that? Uh, forbidden barn check, implied polygamy check. Uh, and then, of course, you've got just the fact that, uh, you know, dropping the hints of the, mm-hmm. the biggest cash crop ever. And uh, the one thing that I did find, though, the what I loved is how much she enjoyed being around this group. Mm-hmm. And and one of the things that she said, it's like, wow, here I'm so popular. You know, everybody, right. you know, Rain wanted to have her sit next to her and then Well, they showed uh, the scene, they showed the scene in the classroom where he says D- first off, okay, what's wrong with a teacher that says to divide into groups of 4 when you don't have an when you have 13 students. Right. I mean, Hello. seriously. Dumb teacher. Yeah, clearly he's not the math teacher. Yeah. So and it, I and was always that odd person myself. And it left her singled out, and um, I I wasn't. You weren't. I I was not the odd person out. No, I was. I, I was I was the outcast in school. Hmm. I'm still scarred. Not. I think you're fine now. I think I really. Am. No, I'm good. You can't walk into a room without people swarming you now. I, I think know. you've made up for it. I think I have. I walk into the other room and people run. <laughs> nice. But I did. I enjoyed the campfire. Um, and she, you know, Holly says, I shouldn't have teased you about the forbidden barn. Got all of that. She throws the test away. Casey invites her back to the thing. Join me for a walk. Will you? Mr. Koresh says, I, I don't know his real name, so I have no idea. And I, I shouldn't call him Mr. Koresh since he was never, he was just the he local, was, yeah. the poinsettia kingpin. <laughs> That's why we didn't see any real action, because nobody went after his poinsettias. <laughs> That's right. I wonder what would happen if you went and tried to seize this poinsettias. Here, here's the deal. I love looking at every show now through the through eyes Breaking of Breaking Brad. Bad. 
It's awesome. So we're going to call that guy, instead of calling him Koresh, we're going to call him Heisenberg. <laughs> there we go. Oh, my goodness. It's uh, great. That's hilarious. All right. So um, there, let's see. He did, oh, okay. So her dad comes to the facility uh, to, to plant some bugs. And, of course, Veronica's busted. They have an argument between her and her dad, and that doesn't go very well. Uh, well, doesn't go very far. I mean, right. Veronica is pretty much her own person at this point. Do we know how old she is in this season? No, she should be seventeen. All right. Well, then she later she finds Rain, otherwise known as Debbie something. Yeah, I don't remember her last but name, anyway, but she was on the car- side of the milk carton. Yep, and she's a minor, and all of a sudden that was their five thousand dollar paycheck right then, right there. And uh, that was all the legal activity, you know, harboring a, a, a fugitive or a minor or uh, aided delinquency. I don't know what they called it. But anyway, the fact is you can't be giving a minor to homes and keeping them from right. wherever. Well, and if that be. minor isn't saying, I mean, she didn't exactly look like a minor. So if she doesn't come in with the whole, you know, M stamped on her forehead, then I think that you're just going to. Yeah, I guess. But I love that Keith protected her in the end because she had. She'd had quite a rough road. Well, he did. He did his research and he found out that, you know, that the Debbie had been through four foster homes and there was a, a recorded abuse in two of those. And and he's like, listen, you know, I, I'm with you. I, I, I went back and I listened. And dude, this she's in a much better place. She's right better there. off. This is her family. And so, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the, the, we talked about the shredder at the end, or, or maybe we didn't. The, but she shreds but the she test does shred and, the, mm-hmm. and she doesn't know. So that's it. That's it. That was the I episode. like when he wakes up, he's like, do you have to do that right now? And yes, she does. For her, she has to do that right now. Right. Yeah. So that was the episode. I I've, I I enjoyed it. Uh, I was expecting a big mystery. The only thing that I didn't like is that Casey's back to being a jerk. He's been deprogrammed well, see, by... I don't, but see, here, I don't think he is. I think if he would have just gotten out of the car and not... And walked right past Veronica, he would have been back to being a jerk. I think that... He's accepting what has to be right now, but I think the fact that he said, hey, Veronica, shows that that's still, that change is still in him. Yeah, I don't think so. I but, do. But you've seen more episodes, so I don't think that you would share anything that, that shouldn't be shared, but here's the deal. I'm not. I'm just saying, I honestly believe that from this episode, that I never believed that he fully went back to what his parents were wanting from him. Well, see, I I do because I see that big crazy guy, whatever his name was, Mister D Programmer, right? And and that basically psycho manipulation. I mean, they were literally going to program him to think and behave in a certain way, and I think that that's what we saw. Okay. And and I I personally, the only reason I would not like this episode is if we don't see him anymore, and we don't see a continuation of this story. Not necessarily going back to it and having further mystery, but at least seeing this play out in the experience of just getting to know him as a, you know, just random character out of place. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Awesome. Anyway, so I hope I hope we see Casey in the future episodes. Okay. That's what I'm hoping. And I don't want you to tell me whether or not he's in future episodes. I'm not. But I would like to see him there. Anyway, thank you all for tuning into another episode of the Veronica Mars Fan Podcast. 
Thank you very much, TVTalk.com, for sponsoring this show and the entire first season of our Veronica Mars coverage. Until next time, my friends, we encourage you to join the the community. community.